Welcome to the Not All of a Night podcast. My name is Romy Moreno, and today we have Roger Moreno, my ex-husband and baby daddy. And we also have Camilo Rafael Sierra, who will be interviewing us and asking us questions on healthy co-parenting and divorce. Welcome, guys. Yeah. <laughs> good to have you guys. Yeah. So Roger and I have a really good relationship and a lot of people admire us for the way that we co-parent and the way that we get along. So I thought it was really important for us to do an episode about this because it's important yeah. for your kids. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, and I really thank you for the opportunity uh, to do this. Um, our last episode that we did was awesome. And this topic in particular is something that for me personally has been a challenge at times in my life. But it's also I've also had times where it's been like very rewarding and like very amazing, you know, uh, a thing to do. Um raising kids you know I, I always i was i was always told like you you never really grow up until you have kids like you you know and i also heard this other really cool saying that you know as a kid we we don't realize that as kids our parents were growing up still yeah that's what we are doing we're you know still what I mean? growing up and and so they were growing up at the same time, you know, as having to raise us, you know, and everybody has a, a, a really, really wide range of experiences. But I feel that like the, the topic of parenting and raising children is really important because there's a lot of people that a lot of the things that they struggle with in life stem from, you know, their upbringing, the way that their parents raised them or the lack of, you know, parents or any wide range of things that people can have. So I think doing this is, is a really good uh, topic. There's a lot of young parents. There's a lot of parents that are part of like marginalized communities and that don't have a lot of the resources that our parents had growing up. So yeah, I'm excited to talk to you guys about how you work the magic yes. of, uh, you know, making humans. <laughs> oh, we don't have to talk about making them. We all know we already know how to make Yeah, that's science. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, it, it's crazy because, like, how you were saying that we were growing up, you know, as we were raising kids. If you really think about it, you think back, like, damn, so our parents that we thought were so fucking grown are, like, who we are now. Like, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. Totally, totally. What has been the most rewarding thing for you when it comes to being a parent? For me, it's been pretty much like experiencing childhood in a healthy way, right? Because my childhood was, I had good moments, but, you know, it was very traumatic and very, uh, a lot of things went down and just it's kind of like tapping into that inner child again with my kids like having yeah. those great experiences with them in such a healthy way also seeing them win and receiving that love growing up i wasn't really raised in a very affectionate household i never really received affection so receiving it from my kids it's very rewarding for me that it's just this unconditional love that they give me that it's the best thing ever yeah totally. oh, yeah definitely for me i would say just reliving my childhood again through them i mean everything that i wanted to do and all the uh experiences that i wanted when i was a kid that i never you know was able to have 
now I get to share them with my kids. I get to see them. And it's a little bit different for me as well because I'm raising two boys and I'm actually seeing myself, like literally seeing myself whenever whenever i see them i i I can't help but say like that's me completely because again they're boys and you know every time i see their mannerisms or something they do i'm like wow i I do that like so i it's just a little bit different it hits a little bit different when you're you know you're dealing with two boys and they both you know look a lot like you and they act like you and every time they say something that was like yeah that's something that i would say so just seeing that is is like very rewarding and very gratifying for sure yeah, that's awesome. Um, I think that I have a daughter, she's 15, and just seeing her grow um, and being into the things that I'm into, you know, and and just uh, actually tonight she has a, a show. She's playing the bass in a summer camp band. It's an all-girl band. That that's she's playing awesome. the bass in it. So like stuff like that, like I'm gonna go see her and like th- those things really are rewarding for me, you know, to see like, wow, like that's, that's my kid for yeah. sure. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, like, like, you know? Yeah, when they do certain things that you're like, oh, you're definitely my son. Yeah. You're definitely my kid. Like, 100%. <laughs> like, like, Zachary, his his sense of humor is a lot like mine. Yeah. Like, a lot like mine. Like, we laugh at the same things and we get, like, each other's jokes. So, that part is a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. And another thing for me, definitely seeing him interact with my family, like having those experiences with like my mom, you know, knowing that they're not going to obviously be around for, you know, forever. Just that's very gratifying to see that, you know, my parents are able to enjoy the kids and vice versa. Because, you know, when I was growing up, I used to always be with my grandmother. It was a huge part of my life. Nothing but positivity. And like, that's a, a strong memory that and I'm glad that they're able to have that as well. So seeing them interact with my family is definitely gratifying for sure so yeah i i I can relate with that because my mom always you know she would always encourage me to call your grandfather call your grandmother and you know and and be in touch you know with all the extended family you know us latinos have like huge families sometimes and it's like you know so many tias and tios and cousins Cousins. and everywhere like and so you know um my, my daughter has a very huge family uh, her side her mom's side of the family is super big um and so seeing her uh as she's technically i think the oldest grandchild of her grandparents and so she had that like big sister vibe like right away you know and then she has two other her mom has two other kids with her husband and they're you know they're her pride and joy you know what i mean like she takes care of them like if it was like you know like her kids, you know, um, and I can see her now getting more, getting a little older and, and more independent. But yeah, that like that family connection. I think when you when you have kids, that that widens kind of like your your family connections because now you know so many people you know joke about how like moms ask their daughters like so when you have kids so when you have, or their sons like so when are you gonna have kids so when you have kids? you know what i mean like they always bug them about when they're having kids and so when they're finally there it's a good chance you know to be in that family environment you know and and kind of relive those moments and heal any traumas that we might have had because you're addressing them in a new way like in a positive way mm-hmm. you know um so that's that's definitely great what's the most difficult thing about having kids that you guys have encountered, experienced so far? Having kids? Yeah. For me, the most difficult part is just not being able to control everything they do 
it's because now they're experiencing life through their own little, you know, experiences as well and not being able to control or manipulate those. Like, cause you always want to be there. You always want to have the answer with them. But at the end of the day, you need them to have those experiences. You want them to, you know, get dumped by a girl. You want them to get fired. You want them to, you know, experience all the lows so they can, you know, appreciate all those positivity, you know, all those, you know, uplifting parts of, of what being a human being is all about. So for me, for sure, it's just not being able to like, I, I would love to be with them 24 seven, protect them, you know, and, and make sure that everything goes well. But at the same token, th that's not a real life. That's not a, a real way of living as well. So that's definitely been the hardest part for me is just not like being there to just like control every aspect of, you know, of all their decisions or whatnot. But at the same time, I do understand that like, that's not going to be, you know, a reality as well. They need to experience, you know, good, bad, all those, you know, ups and downs as well. So they can really figure out what type of person they're going to be when they're growing up. So, yeah, for me, it's just not being able to, con you know, be around them 24-7 and, you know, control everything they do. Yeah. Yeah. For me, is it's, you know, missing out on some important moments because, you know, maybe they'll be with Roger and not with me, or they experience something. And it's just those parts are hard because you want to be part of every big moment, right? Like even the holidays, like we we're still figuring it out. The first year that we were separated, we actually did intentionally spend Christmas morning together, which Roger and I were married for 10 years. So that tradition of, you know, waking up Christmas morning, I'm making like Christmas brunch and then everybody's like, so that was something that was so instilled in us, right? That that's, that we still did it that year, but then the following year we, we did it differently. And that was not waking up with them Christmas morning, even mm -hmm. though I'm going to see them later mm -hmm. was, was difficult, you yeah. know? So things like that and, and just, you know, like I'm not at a stage now where, you know, I'm missing first steps and, and words and stuff, but that could be something that could be very difficult for, for some parents as well. So yeah. that's really, that part is really hard for me. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate with that big time. Um, because for me, my situation, there was a time when I stopped being with, with my daughter's mom. And so it became that, that tug of war kind of like, you know, uh, that difficulty of like, oh, okay, so now we have to set the schedule, you know, to to accommodate like both of us. And there was times where we really didn't want to communicate, but we had to, you know, and, and that feeling of like, you know, being at odds uh, about any, now I see them as the small, you know, things that it was just us being new, you know, to it. Um, but as the years went by, it, it got easier. Um, and there was moments where we just had to kind of just really hit the adult button like full on, you know, and, and say, hey, well, this is not about us. This is about our kid. Let's figure it out. And so, yeah, that, those difficulties uh, for me, they got better. But I can imagine just how many people out there struggle with that, you know, and struggle with with co-parenting. Right. And so I guess my next question is uh, if you guys can talk a little bit about how you guys uh navigate it's it's so it's so important right for kids to have like both their parents and for their parents even if they're not together to be able to co-parent in a way that makes it easy for the kids and, and makes it seamless talk a little bit about how you guys maneuver that um since you know since being together for you know being married for so long and then not being but still keeping you know uh 
I guess that friendship or that connection. Talk a little bit about that. Well, like you, you had mentioned that you and your ex had like that moment that like we're gonna stop being adults and do what's in the best interests mm-hmm. of of your kid. Right. Roger and I, that was always our intention from the start. Even when we initially first separated, like we were like, these kids come first, whatever, like drop our egos. Not that it was a hundred percent easy. Like we had like our moments, but then like once we like figured it out and focused on ourselves and, you know, to, to give the care to ourselves that we needed, we're like, these kids come first. Now, the most important thing that I feel that Roger and I do is that before we talk to our kids about anything, we talk to each other, you know, so we're both on the same page on like, what is the message that we want to set? You know, what's, what do we want? And if we disagree on something, we could come to an understanding of how we're going to communicate this to, to our kid. Mm. Right. There's not like, my kid is never going to find something out before, before Roger does and vice versa. Mm. Right. Um, Another thing is that we work so well together that even though we're like, I say, I say kids, but you know, Ian is still so, so young. He's only four. And Zach is the one that's 12 years old. Mm. Like he knows that no matter who he goes to, like you're going to get like the same response because we're Mm. a team. Right. So even though we're not together in a relationship or together in the same household, like he knows that Roger and I are like side by side. Yeah. So that's been that's very super, important. That's super interesting and, and amazing too. But it's it's super interesting to me because that that dynamic is is super hard to find. Like even with couples that are together, <laughs> like man, there's yeah. always like one. The mom is either the yes or the no, and the dad vice versa. You know what I mean? Like they know they can go, or even the grandparents. Sometimes they, you know, grandma. Yeah, gra- grandparents a whole other. It's yeah. you know all bets are off with the grandparents, mm. right? Like they get they get spoiled to the max, but. But yeah, that's that's super cool how you guys, you know, came to that realization early on and stuck with that because it's just so important. I think that people that have kids sometimes in their world, it's still their movie. It's still their like, it's my life and whatever, yeah, you know what I mean? And, and, and it's so ego driven and they put themselves and the connection or lack of connection first with the other person. And so I think that affects kids a lot. A bunch of the, you know, the issues that people have, like like I was saying earlier, stem from your childhood, you know, and and from how you view your parents, you know, and and how and how you interact with them, and and how you feel about about you know your parents is a huge part of like how what makes us, you know. And so I think that's super cool that you guys are able to do that. In my opinion, with this whole thing, the situation, I think me and Roman can definitely agree on this: is that we've grown up and we've experienced failed relationships we've seen it firsthand from both of our parents from our relatives Mm. so we have experiences that we can always fall back on and and try our hardest our best do everything we can to to not go that route exactly we have you know our with our our own siblings just seeing you know how their relationships with you know their exes as well and like how to navigate through it or whatnot and what worked and what didn't and, Mm. and all those experiences because when Somebody in your family is going through something like that. You're experiencing it as well from afar. You know, your, your mom's always calling you and letting you know what's going on. You're seeing it through, you know, through your, your ne- nieces and nephews. So yeah. going through all that, seeing family, you know, have negative experiences and, and go through all that drama or whatnot. I think, you know, as, as sad as it sounds to say, but I'm glad to have those experiences because I, I was able yeah. to see firsthand what to do and what not to do. 
Right. And all that affects, you know, all the kids, obviously, you know, uh, you know, we're going to have two Christmases. We're going to have two birthdays. Uh, you know, your mom's this, your dad's this, you know, all these negative things. And, and, it, and it sticks with you. Yeah. It'll always stick with you. I remember, you know, growing up, I lived through my parents' relationship, all the, the negativity, all, all the back and forth yelling and, and, and all that, you know, just in front of us. You know, mm. that's another thing that, you know, on a, on a, on a, another thing to talk about is like, you know, actually, you know, downing each other in front of your kids, mm. arguing in front of your kids, whatever that may be, you know, th that definitely is just, you know, it, it sticks with you. I mean, yeah. And, and that's definitely something that you just can't, you know, unhear or, or unsee certain things. So, right, right. I think with us experiencing all those, you know, having gone through all that, it is definitely, it, it helps us going forward. And, and that's definitely a huge part of, you know, the reason why I am the way I am is because, you know, experiencing all that stuff that, you know, family members have gone through as well. And learning through, you know, their their mishaps. Yeah. And, and like Roger mentioned, like downing each other and all of that. We actually do the opposite. Like, mm. like I talk great about Roger mm. and Roger talks great about me, you know, and Roger like... You know, I have a 12 year old that gets lazy and stuff like that. And Roger's always like, you have to help your mom. You have to do this, you know, in the same yeah. way. Like I tell Zach, I'm like, you know, your dad is like a great role model. He's a great dad. Instead of like, being like, oh, your dad is frustrating me or like, oh, your dad is always late. Not that you're always late. You're actually early. But, you know, I'm just saying like those are just examples of right. like what could Keeping be said because that makes the kid feel like. Like, I felt it growing up. Like, my parents never fought in front of me, and they never talked shit about each other mm. it, to me. But there was that tension that I just knew that there was, like, something, something. there, you know? And then that makes the kid feel like, like you have to choose sides, or then you feel guilty. And, like, if you, for example, like, your dad is, like, having fun about something, like, you feel guilty, like, telling your mom, and it's, it shouldn't be like that. Yeah. Like, it shouldn't be like that at all. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, keeping that openness and, and also because kids learn everything that we do, right? Like there, there are many us anyway, you know, like you could, you could send them off to somewhere far at birth and they would still be probably exactly like you, you know, yeah. Yeah. but, but even, even more so them seeing and experiencing everything that we say and do to each other that molds them in a way and I, that, that makes them kind of who they are. And so that's that's really important um so yeah i remember like at times growing up like my mom saying like little slick things here and there that i would pick up on and i would just be like mm, yeah you know it, it was it was never it was never like anything blatant or anything like you know but she would like make little jokes and like little references and stuff like that and i resented it like i i, I remember thinking like you don't really know him and you you know and, and that's not really you know what it is but as a kid you don't feel that you can really say much you know sometimes like there's I don't know, there's tons of different types of kids right some of them are more outspoken but they'll, they'll say when they're feeling something you know bad or whatever or uh or something that they don't like um but as a kid you know for the most part i think kids know that they can't really challenge us on you know and, and, I feel and like it, it builds can't say so it builds like um like a sense of like not being able to be completely open or honest mm. with a certain parent yeah. because they don't want to mess up or say the wrong thing or make somebody feel bad or something like that. And yeah. that's the last thing that we want to do to like our kids. The last thing. Yeah. 
So that brings a, that brings an interesting question to mind because um, I've I've dealt with recently um, things where it's a serious topic that you have to speak to your kid about, but you don't know the way or the right mm. time or how or what you should say. You know, um, I had my my grandfather pass away uh, in in last January, and I didn't know how to talk to my daughter really I, I i just you know i figured well i'll i'll just let her tell me things and i'll pick up on them and, and when you know and when she's ready i'll talk to her how do you guys i i, I know age kind of plays a role in that yeah, but you guys have like a you, you have two sons that are one's very young and one's already almost a teenager how do you maneuver that thing when it comes to serious topics like that that you that you might think that are they ready to talk about this yet or not? How do you, what do you guys think about that? Well, I, we've had two incidents where we had to have serious conversation. It's mostly with the older one because the little one's too right. um, young to understand. And the first one being, you know, when, when my dad committed suicide, mm -hmm. my son was very attached to my dad. Mm -hmm. So very close to him. And, um, I had to tell him cause I'm like crying. I'm going through a hard time. And he's going to be like, what, what the hell's wrong with you mm. right so i just you know obviously i spoke to roger first and i let him know like i did not want to tell him how he died mm. right he was this was two years ago so he was like 10 years old i wow. feel like that was too young for him to really fathom what that was after i talked to roger i i let him know that his grandfather is no longer with us and stuff like that luckily he was just so overwhelmed with sadness that he didn't ask me like, how did he die? Mm. So I never told him until like recently when he was older. Mm. Right. Because I feel that was too much for a 10 year old to process. Right. I mean, yeah, for, for me, I really haven't had any, you know, dramatic experiences or anything I have to deal with him on one-on-one -on -one like that. But for me, I, I try to use the opportunities in the morning, as crazy as it sounds on our way to school mm. to just, ask him questions and just try to get feedback from him so mm. that's our little time those 10 15 minutes before school right to just you know talk about anything so you know as far as anything going on in the world anything going on in his life any questions he may ask sometimes he's not very open like you know he, he's kind of a shy kid and mm. in, in, in some sense but mm. I, I try to use that opportunity in the mornings like before we go to school to just ask questions just to try to hear him out Luckily, I haven't had to really have any, you know, deep emotional talks with him at this no, time. It's had to be me. I know I'm going to be a, you know, he's a boy and he's coming into his own yeah. soon. And I'm Your sure turn. once he starts getting into, yeah. you know, more girls and, you know, you high so. school. <laughs> yeah, he's still not there yet, but I can definitely see it, you know, coming up soon. So yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, that's I'm, on you. Rob. I'm not looking forward to that, but <laughs> it should be fine. I mean, I never had that talk. I unfortunately, you know, you you, you learn a lot from your the people you're you're with and right. you know your environment or whatnot. But yeah, I'm not looking forward to it for sure. <laughs> yeah. No, I think um, most importantly, I think we should always um, be open with our kids and let them know that we're here for them. And it's and it's like a safe space, you know. They can come right. with anything. Yeah. Right. As you know, as as weird or as as off. I think building that that type of communication uh, with our kids is is really important. I think I, I I tend to think that kids overall are very smart, man. Like they're super like 
they they know. They do. They know a they lot. They know a lot more than what we like give them credit for. I, I yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I, I want to give them credit obviously, but yeah. they had something that we did not have and they have phones. Right. Any questions they, they have, it's just easier to just ask the phone. So right. uh, trust me, they have a million questions the same we did when we were growing up, but now right. they have the answer have like answers. at their fingertips. Right. It's not something that we had to deal with. We had to, you know, ask Craig in the corner, or older brother, friend, yeah. you know, through a magazine, like not anymore. You just Google any question you have and, and, it, and 50, you know, explanations will show up. Right. So it's a different time, mm -hmm. you know, so we can't expect them to like always approach us with questions, especially now with social media and everything. Yeah. They just, you know, all of they're getting fed information all day, you know. Even though like our, our son doesn't have any like social media, the only thing he had, it was like ran by me, you know, yeah. so it's not like he, he has these outlets, right? Yeah. But he's a gamer and he's in his stuff, but I did have to have um, I bought him a, a gaming computer for Christmas. So then I then I had to go and had that serious conversation about him, about pedophiles yeah. and like, you the know, internet. like the right. internet and like sex trafficking. So yeah. that was like a huge tough conversation that I had to have with him before I gave him this computer, mm -hmm. right? Like, and he was so shocked because he couldn't believe that there were people like this, but I had to be real with him. Like, this exists, mm. you know, so yeah. I don't need you talking to anybody that you don't know mm -hmm. and all of this stuff. Yeah. Right. So after his shock process, because it was a little bit of a shock for him, you know, he was able to understand and he's very like on top of that, you know. Yeah. And and like you were saying that kids know they have like a, a way of just knowing they're very observant, too. Oh, yeah. When Roger and I actually sat him down to tell him that we were separating and divorcing. We were so nervous to talk to him about it. And we're like, oh, my God, we're going to ruin our child. Like all of this. His response was literally like, oh, that makes sense. You guys don't even act like a couple. And I and we just looked at each other and we're like, wow, like that was a lot easier than we were like anticipating for. Yeah. You know, so they, they're observant. They realize yeah. they notice everything. Yeah. They pick up on, you know, everything, you know, Um my wife and I, well, my wife uh, has a daughter, so I, I have a stepdaughter, and she's 11, uh, and she's very, very, very observant. She's super talented, and she loves, you know, a bunch of different things. She's a, she's a great tennis player. Her dad is, uh, is, is her, her instructor, her tennis uh, instructor, and there, we're always talking about how you know, when whenever like any any difficulties come up, you know, whether it be like behavior stuff or just like sometimes kids, um, they as they get older, they kind of develop or they start picking up on like little things like from their friends or, you know, little things here and there where, you know, they'll start like talking back a certain way or you feel them kind of like different. And we're always talking about those things. And I think that um I always tell her that. I always tell her, like, you know, you know, she knows, she knows, <laughs> you know, like she knows, she just knows also that it's not like certain things are not for kids to speak on or to, or to speak about, especially at certain ages, you know, um, Irie is, she's, she turned 15 this year and she's always been very advanced. Um, I feel like in just knowing stuff like she, you know, she was in a Montessori Academy and she was like homeschooled for a while with a group of like very advanced like kids. And they would learn, you know, a bunch of things, you know, at, at early ages and things like that. 
and also the internet, you know, is is definitely there. But my daughter didn't have a phone until she was like almost 14. She got her first phones, you know, like 13, 14, you know. Um, and so even though she has that now, she was raised with the right outlook, you know, on, on certain things and with enough of an openness, you know, to, to know what's what's right, what's not, you know, what's kind of shady. Her mom did a great job, you know, of instilling in her like all the right values and things like that um, as a woman, right? Um, and so the role that I play, you know, in in raising her is being there for her as a dad, you know, as a friend, as somebody that she can, you know, come to and always experience like fun things like we all do fun things together. Like I try to make it an event, you know, whenever we go or do, you know, when right. either we get together. An experience. Yeah. Even if it's, I mean, there's times also where, you know, we bring her over and we just like watch movies and make dinner and things like that. But just letting her know that as a dad, you know, I know that her outlook on, on men is going to rely a lot on, you know, what I instill in her, like what type of person I am, you know, towards her. I'm glad you said that because I do the same thing with my kids, right? Like, Zach always tells me, like, Mom, I'm so glad that you're my mom. Like, you're so cool. Like, you're such a cool mom. Like, you know, you work so hard. And and sometimes I'm like, is he just trying to tell me this shit because he's trying to get something out of me? But I just let it ride, you know? But he tells me, like, almost every day. So I know that the example that I'm setting for him is, like, you know, what a woman is. Like, whenever he seeks that, right? Like... There's going to be like some level that this person's going to have to be, you know? Yeah. At. Yeah. 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 It's like a standard that, they, you know, that, that kids see us and, you know, they, they model what the, what the male figure, female figure. Right. Is and Roger's a great role model too. So, I mean, whatever he decides, you know, he wants to date, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's yeah, great. Um, I think. So one of the things I want to say is oh. that the same way that um, we want what's best for our kids, we also want what's best for each other, mm. right? So like I want Roger to be the best at whatever it is that he wants to do, like the best version of himself. So if there's any way that I could support him in that, like whether it's taking care of the kids, whether he needs me to do something, whether my mom, you know, needs to help with whatever, mm-hmm. like I'll do that and vice versa, Right. So we don't have like that. Oh, like that's my ex. Like I'm not going to help them out. Like we help each other out a lot because then our kids see that too. And at the end of the day, if we're doing well ourselves, then like our kids are going to thrive. That's just an an additional thing that we do in order for them to thrive as well. Yeah, I think that's great. And I practice that as well. Like I always talk to my wife about, you know, and we've always exercised this, you know, in our relationship. We've only been married for a year, but we've been together for almost six now. And we have that mutual respect for each other and that mutual like underlying friendship that we know that we, we've talked about it several times because whenever there's a difficulty or whenever there's something, you know, we always talk about it instead of not talking about it. Right. And mm-hmm. so we come always to the conclusion that like no matter what happens, even though we don't have kids together, we both are parents. And we both have like that priority, like for our kids. Yeah, you guys are a united family. Like right. you guys are, don't have children together, but you guys have children. Right, right. And so even even still, 
no matter what would happen, we would still help each other. We would still support each other. We would still be there for each other just as, as human beings, you know, because we're all going through this together and our paths came together. I think everything, there's a reason, you know, for everything, every, every person that comes through your life, it's for a reason, you know, um, whether it's to teach you something or whether it's for you to see something about yourself, we're, we're very much like mirrors of one another. And so her and I have been able to like recognize that and say, yeah, like I see you, you know, and, and I see what you do and I see how you do things. And we just make sure that we always say that we're there for each other. You know, um, even the times in the past, like where we've been apart, there's always that connection where we can fall back on that. And I think that relating to each other in the fact that we have kids, that we're parents, I think that that does a lot for that as well, because yeah. we, you know, it, it's not easy, you know, and when you can find somebody, you know, that, that, you know, will be a good parent no matter what, and they'll, and they'll treat you well, whether you're together or not. Like that's, to me, that's priceless. That's like, I think one of the most gold. important <laughs> decisions mm -hmm. that you will ever make is who you decide to have children with. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Because... It like, could either make you, or break you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it could be miserable. You know? you can, and you've yeah. seen it. Like yeah. you've seen First it. Time. First yeah. time you've seen it with people that you know and in the family. And it's just it's just not the way that we want to live our life. Like with drama and toxicity yeah. and it's just unnecessary. It mm -hmm. takes such a toll on you and it takes so much energy to just be that way mm -hmm. that and it's, it's just literally not for debilitating, us. like it is. you know, it, it's and draining. Like I, I, I relate to what Roger said a lot about you know having seen certain things and 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 you too, like you know, seeing things growing up that you knew you didn't want to be that way. You know, like that's so important. Like I have an experience that shaped me for the rest of my life is when my mom took me to see her uncle who was dying of of throat cancer. And I, I was brought into the room to like say hi to him or whatever. And he had a hole right here in his throat. And that's how he breathed. Like, because his, his condition was so bad and Buddy was still smoking a cigarette crazy. that day. And I, and, I, and I had to see him and hear his voice. My mom told me this later, the reason why she took me to see him is because she didn't want me to smoke cigarettes ever in my life. And she took me to go see her uncle and he told me, no fume cigarillo. Yeah. Bingo. Thing like that. And that was Say less. stamped into my fucking brain <laughs> for life. Hey, you got the job done though. And it got the job done. But that's how impactful, you know, something like that can be. And so I just, I always had that memory, you know, of, of my mom like doing that. And... Yeah, it's 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 super, you know, what our actions are and what our, you know, when when we can when we can see something in our past and we can transmute that energy and we can change that energy to from negative to positive through our kids, I think that's amazing. That's one of the best like superpowers, you know, that 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 exists is is being able to do that, is being able to say, "Okay, I'm going to I have a kid now, so I'm going to relive this this trauma." But I'm going to kind of break the curse of whatever happened there with in, in the act of like teaching my kid like something about life. You know? I feel like the, the way the world is right now, like we need so much more of that 
you know, for things Definitely. to for things to kind of balance out. Because if you think about it, the generation right now that's like running shit here in our in our wonderful country have so much of that trauma. You know what I mean? And, and so much of that, not even not, not even necessarily only trauma, but like that like way of thinking of like of, of like a past generation that no longer not really in touch. It's not in touch, you know, and and yeah, there are representatives, you know, in Congress and the Senate that are younger, you know, and they advocate for, for our closer, you know, thirty thirties and forties generation, right? Um, but I think there needs to be way more of that, you know. And so, you know, if people our age that have kids that are listening to this, that you know, that that are hearing this, um, if they can understand how important it is, you know, to focus not only on themselves, but if they have kids, like focus on your kids, talk to your kids, you know what I mean? Like be open with them, be honest with them. Because in that honesty, they're gonna just shoot you back with double the honesty, you know, and, and you're gonna you're gonna see things in a different way. I remember when my kid was five, she I was asking my dad like these existential questions that like I would never thought of five like it blew my mind she was like asking my dad so if God made us then like who made God it's <laughs> a great question <laughs> and I was just like my dad was the one because my dad was like when I came back to the I was I was upstairs like getting something and when I came to the car my dad's whole face was changed like he, like he was like who the fuck did you just leave me with <laughs> yeah, exactly he was just like you know what she just, just asked me and I was like and then he told me and I was like I was like you know blown away but they're so in tune and they, and they they have so much to teach us you know about ourselves and about life period because you know not only do we get to relive our childhoods through them but they they're bringing a whole other download. Man. Yeah, they teach us a lot. Growing up, my whole experience was just watching my parents argue as if I wasn't even in the room, huh. and uh, that definitely was one you know very very impactful. And you know, I, even as a kid, I recognized that this is not the way a relationship is supposed to be. Mm. So I told myself, you know, from a very early age that, and I think it kind of hindered me as well because I, I can, on, on, on occasions, I can be very just lackadaisical just to avoid an argument, but mm. I'll do anything to avoid an argument. And it, it always stems back to my childhood of watching my parents yeah, argue and like, yeah, that. just yeah. seeing that the, the energy and especially the way they argue as if you're not even in the room. Mm. is one of those things that just you know again it makes you feel like not not yeah not I, I, seen I can't pass or, that down to my kids i yeah. can't I, my kids have will never have they ever seen me or romy argue it, even in our worst days like it, i just won't happen yeah. so you know everything was in private always like any discussions or anything it was just like yeah because yeah. that, that was a huge because uh, all that stuff when you know growing up and it, it still affects my relationship with my parents to this day mm. so yeah I, I just that's definitely a trauma i could not continue the, to you know to pass on to my kids so yeah like i said you know sometimes I, i'll avoid an argument just because i just i can't deal with that energy and it, it definitely stems from when i was a kid so you know i refuse to, to continue to pass that along yeah and even though we wouldn't argue in front of them like zach will know if we we were going through a disagreement because we also didn't want it to make it seem like people never argue right, because that's not right, realistic right. either i like, was thinking that. you like, need to it, have 
so you know, there yeah. needs to be a balance, but that toxicity, right? That toxicity and calling each other names and disrespecting each other and all of that, like, no, like we've yeah. never done that. We will never do that. Like ever, ever, ever. Yeah. Cause like there's, there's, there's always extremes, right. And there's like the negative and the positive extremes, but there's also a middle ground. And in that case, right. The middle ground would be one extreme would be like very, uh, violent arguing, you know, a name calling. Um, and then the other spectrum is avoiding it or, you know, or, or not, not communicating it at all. So I think that's the chance where we can show them like a healthy way to communicate and like to solve conflicts, you know, peacefully and calmly. Um, I think that that's an amazing thing that society needs like as a whole you the know thing what I mean? is that nobody wants to talk anymore nobody mm-hmm. really wants to communicate when yeah. you know like just avoid everything mm-hmm. you know like roger was saying like he'll do anything to avoid an, an argument right like but now we just talk everything out like if something's yeah. bothering us or, or anything like we just talk it out and zach sees that and as ian grows he will see mm-hmm. it too right yeah. like like we're like we can expect everybody to have the relationship that Roger and I have. Mm-hmm. Like it's a unicorn type of relationship mm-hmm. because right. it's like yeah. we, we our standard is very very high. And I know that there's people that try to like I want what Romy and Roger want, but in reality, it takes a lot of work. But yeah. we have like a friendship that is like no other, right? Mm-hmm. And and we're like really comfortable around each other. And one of the most important reasons that we are able to be this way is because he has no interest in being with me. I have no interest of being with him. Right. Because if there was still like that whole, like maybe I still wanted him or he still wanted me, like this wouldn't be able to be a thing. Yeah. Right. That would be impossible. And we get along to the point that our our kids see us and like, we go on vacations together, like, and, and my family is his family and his family Mm -hmm. is my family. And Mm -hmm. it's just, I'm really grateful for for the relationship that Roger and I have. And not everybody could have this type of relationship with their ex, Mm -hmm. right? But, you know, some of the things that we are sharing is things that anybody could do. Right, right. A very big point as far as, you know, not, we're not interested in any, you know, or we love each other, we're not in love with each other, clearly. So that definitely helps with what we're going on as well. But, um, a lot of people, I think, you know, when they hear about two people getting divorced, there's always one or the, you know, there's something still there lingering that they're trying to, you know, spark that back up or whatnot. Right. And the fact that we both acknowledge that, you know, that chapter is over, it definitely allows us to be, like she said, comfortable around each other, go on vacations, because at the end of the day, I was with her when she was giving birth to these kids. Like, I've experienced so many things that just because our relationship or our love relationship did not work out doesn't mean that those memories are gone you know mm. so I, I you can't just forget about all that stuff yeah that's so, great yeah. and we're family like at the end of the day we're family for for the last two years you know what's actually really crazy <laughs> today is one year since we got divorced officially officially and it wasn't intentional that i'm like oh let's record today i just realized it like a couple days ago but like for the last you know two years like i've been praying i've been praying and hoping that like you know roger finds somebody that is good and you know is accepting and we could have like a relationship like her and i right and she will love my kids the way Mm. and you know roger recently started seeing somebody and we went the first 
time I met her, we literally went on vacation for Zach's birthday. (laughs) And she's so cool. And she's so amazing. And they were all in the water in the beach. And I was alone at the tent. And I literally started crying of gratitude because I was so fucking happy that what I've prayed for is here. Right. And I think that helped. I don't mean to cut you off, but I think that what helped out as well is she had a similar situation with her parents got divorced. Mm. Her dad's new wife and her mom are like very good and open relationship as well. So the her, perfect yeah. person, like yeah. the per- I was right. I'm like you. You great job, Roger. You could not have done a better yeah. job. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's great. I, I had a I had a great uh, I had a great experience with my daughter's mom when she got married. She has two other kids. Something that really impacted me, right? When when I would go pick up my daughter, he was very 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 welcoming to me, and very just very awesome towards me. You know what I mean? Like I I. Like how men should be. Exactly. Right, right. That's exactly it. Just very respectful, you know, to the top. You know, I could tell he was a good human being and it really helped me. And and this is, uh, I'm talking about even when I was at odds to the max with my daughter's mom. He was still cool. You know it's what I mean? Funny you say, you mentioned that because I was with um, my my sports medicine doctor this morning, and we were having this conversation. And mm-hmm. he said the exact same thing that he was um, in the past dating somebody that had three kids, and you know she might have had whatever relationship with her ex, mm-hmm. but her ex and him, like it was just like that, like respect, and you yeah. know, and that's amazing because if you're bringing somebody into my kid's life. Like, I want to make sure that that person is a good person. Yeah, right. That's everybody's fear when they get into divorce. That's the first thing you think of is the, who's this man? That's my first. Oh, all right. A, a reason why I was fighting so hard to avoid the divorce, even though in the back of your mind, you knew that this is not going to work, mm-hmm. is bringing in another Somebody man. Else. Yeah. Especially yeah. for me. I just, again, having experiences with my older brothers and seeing how some of their relationships didn't work out seeing you know or hearing you know about other men being around the kids and you know what that could look like potentially mm-hmm. like yes yeah, very scary me, you know with with a daughter for me it was something that yeah. like i worried about it early on before she you know before she because you know i think there was certain other relationships or, or connections uh before him but that was something that was always in my mind was like who is my daughter going to be around you know, yeah, it's a tough, scary thing. Know. Yeah. Um, but you know, early on, you know, as soon as um he came into the picture, it was just very, it was, it was very, it was a very positive experience, you know, that I had with that. That's awesome. So I'm super, you know, grateful for that, and also because you know, because of that situation, you know, my 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 daughter um got a little sister and a little brother, you know. That's amazing. And and that helped her you know tremendously you know to develop you know into the person you know that, that she's becoming so you know I'm, I'm super grateful for that and i think that's that's just all these super like emotionally mature like situations that we're all t- that we're talking about i feel that outside of the topic of like co-parenting i think that's like the umbrella kind of like topic here is healthy communication and like emotional maturity when it comes to your relationships you know because that's something like like you said what, what you guys have is 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 very rare but it should be more like that so we have a couple questions uh sent in to Romy uh, from listeners the first question is what's the one area you don't see eye to eye on 
Well, luckily for us, we pretty much see eye to eye on, on pretty much everything. You know, obviously we're still, you know, only two years into it. And the boys are going to be going to college one day, going to be dating, going to be going, you know, their different routes. And I'm sure something will come up, but I, I'm not worried about it. I mean, the way that we work right now and the, in our communication, I just can't foresee us really having a huge, huge disagreement on anything, you know, to be honest with you, but. Two years in, so far, no issues. Yeah, so. we don't really disagree Fingers on crossed. much. Yeah, we don't disagree on much. Next question says, what time slash split arrangement have you seen work for you and the kids the best? Well, when we first got separated, you know, we try to keep everything as 50-50 um, mm -hmm. as much as possible. So we were doing one week on, one week off, you know, a whole week. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Recently, in the last couple of months, our four-year-old, like, he's really attached to Roger. Like, that's his favorite parent. <laughs> yeah, it's not. I want to call it favorite. He's used to me. Yeah, he does use. Yeah. yeah, he does you more. But it's okay. It's okay. No hard feelings. But um, he, I felt like he needed to see Roger a little bit more during the week. Like, mm -hmm. have that, that extra day. Mm -hmm. So... We still do the one week on, one week off, but one day of the week, like even if it's Roger's week, I'll take him for a day. Mm. And then on my week, Roger will take him for a day. And that improved his behavior so much, just that little switch. Nice. Next question says, is it cheaper staying together or getting divorced? <laughs> LOL, real question. <laughs> real answer, together for sure. Definitely cheaper. Yeah, it's definitely cheaper to stay together. Obviously, you know, two income household split everything and it's just a lot easier but i mean do you want cheaper or do you want <laughs> to win our life exactly. i mean i don't know we could have been roommates forever yeah really like we could have been roommates forever <laughs> <laughs> roommates forever yeah yeah i uh I, well i was with somebody that wasn't it wasn't anybody i had kids with but <laughs> i went i went through that that breakup was kind of like okay who's gonna Who's gonna stay with the place? <laughs> you know, like, this awesome apartment. You know, she ended up staying with it, but it's okay. No, we we sold the house. We split everything fifty fifty. It's just you know. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't from one day to we're getting a divorce and one of us is leaving the next day. It was a you know gradual plan and. Yeah, whatever was best for both of us. You know, mm. no one's gonna leave anybody in the fucking yeah. slums. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, and the last question is. Do you ever get frustrated when you see the other enjoying life a little too much? I definitely not on my end. No, I don't have time for any of that negativity. There's just there'd be zero point in that. There'd be nothing beneficial. I mean, at the end of the day, I'd like to see every human being, you know, happy. Winning. So yeah. especially if the you know the mother of my kids, somebody I spent you know ten plus years with, had amazing experiences with her family is just like my family, vice versa. I mean. You, you don't just forget about stuff like that. So whenever she's happy, that means my kids are happy. That means, you know, everybody's going to get nothing but positivity. So, no. Yeah, pretty much for me and what Roger said. Yeah. yeah. And I, honestly, I just want him to be happy and for him to do great. And for him, like I said earlier on in the episode, like if he's doing well, like my kids are going to do well. Right. Right. So, no, I never get bothered like oh he's off doing whatever again like yeah what the fuck? at the end no, of the day that's none of my business that's a great, either yeah, that, that's a great outlook I, I can i can i can relate with that as well i you know there was times in the beginning for me when it was difficult with my daughter's mom but throughout the years 
when things uh, got better, we even got to the point where like I was actually helping her like in her endeavors. Like if she had something that she needed that I could help her with, you know, I, I do websites and I do design. So I would help her with her logo I'd help her with her website or kind of just like bounce back feedback and give her feedback because I know that if she's doing okay, that means my kids. Doing yeah, exactly. Okay, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. You always so, want to keep them in that healthy space as well. So yeah. Awesome. So yeah, that was the questions from online. Yeah. Thank you guys. That awesome. <laughs> the only thing I want to add and just the thing that we just keep harping on is just, you know, as long as you put your kids first and their interest, you know, at first, you know, I think whatever decision you decide to make, whether it's going to be right or wrong, if you have that and you're as the premise, then, you know, you can always, you know, look for, you know, a positive outcome. You know, even if it's, you know, it, it seems negative and initially the, the, the positivity will end up shining its light at the end of the day. So that, that's how I always look at it. Any decision I'm, uh, we're going to do, it's always what's in the best interest of the kids and we'll go from there. Yeah. That's I just want to, you know, make sure that I, I make that point clear. As long as the kids, you know, you put the kids first, all the decisions will be, you know, easy and so yeah and if you're having a hard time like yourself like accepting you know a breakup or a divorce or something like that like take this time to really work on yourself and take this time to really see like you know what was your role in the process like where can you do better right so you don't repeat those patterns but you know i know sometimes it's it's difficult because you could do as much work as you can but you can't change other people like the person you're with is is you were with is very difficult yeah. in that case the best thing that you could do is just work on yourself and you know sometimes you have to get you know legalities involved if you have to but trying to keep that peace within yourself and working on yourself is like no matter what somebody else does like they can't disrupt your peace like yeah you might get pissed off for a couple minutes but it's not going to escalate to a point where you're just gonna just completely ruin your fucking week yeah yeah and i want to mention also as well like you know there's going to be a lot of people listening to this that are you're not in our similar situation right where our divorce it wasn't like a, a key thing that just happened overnight like i didn't walk in on her you know cheating on me or vice versa or, or just something like very traumatic from one day to the other it was something that you know was you know slowly you know gradually happening and we both recognized it and you know at the end of the day we just both wanted to see each other happy it, it was tough in the beginning but like everything else, time heals all. And, you know, as we gradually started, you know, time away from each other in a space, mm. we realized that, yeah, I mean, especially for me, like it, it definitely was, you know, the decision that needed to be made and it was, you know, the right decision for sure. Yeah, that's great. I think, um, I think overall, you know, people should take away from this that, you know, uh, like Romy said, you know, a lot of the things that, that happened to us in our lives is we have to take uh, accountability like for ourselves and look at look at ourselves it's a tricky thing sometimes because it's it might sound to some people like oh well you know do i do i focus on myself or do i focus not on myself do i you know is do i have an ego if i'm if i'm if i'm caring for myself we all have egos right you can't get rid of it right so it's like but but am i am i slipping into you know do do i be about if, if, if you mean like it, being selfish people that yeah especially mm -hmm. people that have kids you know when it when it having kids becomes a part of life where you're like it's not only about you now. well i'm glad you brought that up because for many many years um roger could you know attest to this i never put myself first 
I put him and my kid first because it's like, that's what a wife does, right? With the cooking and the cleaning and the being there, whatever, whatever. And that only drove me into like madness, like insanity, like crazy. And it wasn't until I learned that I had to be selfish and put myself first Mm. that I was able to be a better wife and I was able to be a better mom. Mm. So if you're ever feeling like, you know, taking care of yourself is selfish, like you should be selfish and obviously not hurting anyone else to the point that you're like not taking responsibility and doing what you're responsible for, Mm. but you have to take care of yourself in order for you to take care of your kids, your spouse. Right, right. And that, that, that that comes kind of like as, as a, as a word to younger people that might not be, you know, they might be considering having kids or, or being at an age where, you know, they want kids or they want a marriage or they want a relationship. It's not a fairy tale, guys. Like, you know, having a kid is not, I say this, I guess, mainly for, for women, because a lot of women, you know, they, they fantasize about having the perfect little baby and the perfect little marriage. Like, it's a lot of work. So much work. And if you're not- It's the hardest job I've ever done. If you're not <laughs> in a place in your life where where you're, where you want to be, where you have realized like certain things, then you should maybe look into that first because it is like having a kid will grow you up. <laughs> yeah, quick. Like super, super quick. And on the same token, for me, I feel that having a kid also opened up a whole nother world of inspiration for me and of purpose, like for me, you know, in, in what I do, because now, you know, I have a legacy to leave behind, you know, and I, ha- and I have, hopefully, you know, I, I, I hope to maybe have more kids, you know, someday, you know, you know but, you're like, uh, yeah, every day I see a kid, I'm like, good nope. luck. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. Not for us. But even just having one and for me, it's, you know, it, it's, it's more than fulfilling, you know, to know that I have somebody that my lineage will keep on through. You Your know, name will my keep name going. Will. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Roger, for joining me and agreeing to do this. Very and welcome. Camilo for navigating this episode because it's a very important topic. My pleasure. And then remember, guys, it's not all love and light.